0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Awaken and Manifest Your Best Life. So, today I really wanted to talk strongly about the five reasons why you might not be seeing results of energy work. I find this to be so common how energy work can get such a bad rap because we're not digging into the actual energetic internal process of the mind body connection and how to really start to work with it to our advantage, to influence our life, to influence our mindset, to influence our m- emotions. And most importantly, I feel there is something so powerful when you start to understand that these external tools, this very linear, almost, almost half-ass approach to energy work is the reason why you're getting half-ass results. And I say that with love, I say that with honesty, I say that with experience, and most importantly, I really believe that the reason why 99% aren't seeing results of energy work is they're not utilizing the mind-body connection properly. So let's dive in. Energy is who you are. Energy is how we change our life. We have to realize that understanding energy is how we can fundamentally change ourselves from the inside out and understand that one shift, one perspective, one perspective. one decision away. One decision we are away literally one decision away from a different life, from a different truth, from a different way of living. This is for the soul led leaders, the awakened ones, the revolutionaries, the visionaries, the Change makers, the light workers, the empaths, the true awakened ones. This is our story. Are you ready? Welcome to Awaken and Manifest Your Best Life with Ashley from theawakenstate.net. It's time to wake up to who you truly are. Welcome to the podcast. It's time for it's the, time activation. For it's the time time activation. For the activation. For the activation. And remember, the universe is inside of you and you hold the power to design your life. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and we're back with another episode of Awaken and Manifest Your Best Life. I am Ashley from TheAwakenState.net and I teach on all things about chakra work, kundalini, spiritual awakening, manifestation, mind-body healing, and most importantly, the chakras. And so if you haven't noticed, this month has all been about the chakras. And it's for good reason because I'm about to unleash and open the doors to the Ultimate Chakra Academy. You might find I might talk about it a little bit in this video, but what I really want to drive in today is why you might not be seeing results with energy work. And here's how we can start to get started. So before I dive in, one thing I really want to say is energy work is not new to me at all. And personally, the reason why I find energy work so, so powerful is that it works on the mind-body level. So we're not talking about just working with mental tools. We're not also talking about just working with energetic tools. The way that I've created my personal framework for energy work touches on all levels. And I think that's the reason why it's so transformative and incredible for learning how to rewire and repattern emotional wounds and learn how to manifest easier and as a result, really hone in on where you need emotional healing. So I am not shy to the work that is involved in emotional healing. From an early, early age, I never really learned how to regulate my emotions. So this was something I personally had to teach myself as an adult. I also grew up with a lot of criticism and a lot of judgment and almost prejudice. And I've had to go through my own personal process of deconditioning myself from these things. Now, I'm not knocking on my parents. My parents are amazing. They're incredible, loving people. Um, I personally believe that this deconditioning work, however, is so fucking powerful for our own success, our own evolution of who we are as a person, our own authentic self in who we are. Because here's the thing, what you may not realize with conditioning is those stories are not even yours. And I know we can also say that maybe that sounds a little about like spiritual bypassing, but at the same time, it's really not. And what I want to really reiterate here is realizing that that conditioning part of you is very inauthentic to who you are. So for example, and this is a really, I've given this example before, is I grew up very shy. I grew up very, very shy, and I never really had a voice, and I always let my mom talk over me, and I always kind of let her speak for me because I was so shy that I didn't want to speak out, and a lot of that had to do with being told shut up. That had a lot to do with my mom being controlling and kind of voicing her opinion over me, and a lot of this was really just more so about me not owning my own voice, but also because I identified as a person who is shy. Now, okay, what does that have to do with anything? Well, if you think about it like this because my identity was, I am the shy girl, I don't speak up for myself. That became lodged in my throat chakra as a self identifier of how I navigated the world. I'm shy, people decide for me. I'm shy. I don't speak up for myself, I'm shy, I don't really make friends, I allow myself to just kind of not own my power. And as a result, that conditioning affected how I showed up. It affected how I take action. It affected how I spoke up in my relationships. It affected how I communicate. It affected my actions and my habits of how I presented myself in fucking career interviews. We don't realize this, that that conditioning holds power over you that might be making you more inauthentic to who you are. And because of this, you might have some inauthentic programming going on in your nervous system due to that conditioned response. And all of us have this. But if we don't do that work, if we don't do the deconditioning process, we will stay in that mentality and not choose to grow out of it. And now they do not teach us this in schools. They don't show us this like in college, there isn't a deconditioning class. This is something that I have personally discovered and learned through my own chakra healing journey, through my mindset essential studies, and as a result, my background in psychology. Personally, this has been a discovery that has completely revolutionized how I see the world, how I take action, how I instigate my habits, how I show up in my fitness routine, how I show up for my children. And as a result, it's completely changed my fucking life. And I want to just bluntly say that what I've noticed is the people that do the deconditioning work, those are the people that you see online really making it. Those are the people you see online that are really out there. They're really self-expressed. They're authentic. They're possibly making millions. They're all out there because they're being their authentic self. And they're doing that deconditioning work, which is creating their own success because they're being authentically aligned and magnetic to who they are. So maybe I was a shy girl growing up. That's true. Do I identify as a shy girl now? No, not at all. And in fact, I can even go as far as to tell you that that was something that I personally not only grew out of but it helped me become a better speaker, a better writer, a better YouTuber. And as a result, doing that internal work in my throat chakra completely revolutionized how I communicate in my relationships. It taught me to own who I am. It taught me to be more self-expressed. And it taught me so much more about being authentic showing up online from a place of being authentic, and especially it showed me so much about how I communicate with my partner, about parenting, about sex, about relationship, about what we want for our life, and so forth. And because of this deep-filled communication, I have such a beautiful connective relationship. And that carries on into other areas of my life. I wouldn't have had that without the deconditioning work. Now, this is what I want to talk about today. So why are 99% of the people not seeing results with energy work? And they're using half-assed tools, half-assed techniques, and not seeing what they want. Let's really dive into this. First, a coffee break it is coffee chats with Ashley. Okay. So what is tip number one? Tip number one for the reason why 99% aren't seeing results of energy work is they're using external tools to solve an internal problem. This is crucial to understand. So here's the thing. I have drank the New Age Kool-Aid. I have tons of crystals. Here's a crystal right here. I've, I have crystals. I have oils. I have sage. I have all the things. These things are fun. They are a great amplifier to the process. But over the years, what I've personally discovered is these are only just amplifiers. They just kind of help you unlock what needs to already be uncovered, which is from the internal state of consciousness. So it's like the crystal may help you for sure. Like I remember having rose quartz and suddenly I would have thoughts about self-love. Like I totally get it. Crystals do work. But the more I've discovered like different tools and modalities, there's things that work at the surface level and then there's things that work on deep emotional seated like big kahuna change that happens that I could not experience from a crystal. And I'll tell you what, like these things are not bad or wrong because yoga crystals, oils, all these things are great tools to help you. But if you're not also doing that internal work where you're working on those boundaries, those standards, that mindset those emotional wounds, that emotional healing, looking at what triggers you, looking at what you need to self-identify and what is, you know, what is going on in your bad habits or what's going on internally. That internal work is where everything happens because everything is a mirror. Everything is a mirror from the internal to the external. So when you start working on that inner world, the inner state of consciousness, naturally you will always see a a natural byproduct of reflection from that change. So when I no longer identified as a shy girl, of course, I fucking woke up and had more creativity, more communication. I had better authenticity. I had way more. I stopped looking at everyone else and saying, oh, she's doing it like that. So I should do it like that. Or she's doing it like this. So I need to show up like Gabby Bernstein and all the stupid crap, it just naturally falled away because I started owning more of who I was. And if you think about how, when we look at external tools as a concept, they may be helping us, but they can also hinder us because, you know, if you're only focused on that external tool and you're only focused on the external change, you're not working on all of the internal stuff. And like one thing I really want to strongly emphasize here is I remember and I just talked about this in my email is being addicted to the spiritual high. It would be like reading the next book and be like, "Oh, spiritual truth, spiritual enlightenment. I love this." And then not applying anything. And then the next minute I'd be like, "I'm going to the store and I'm going to buy another book and another book and another book and another book." And then I would get that spiritual high but then I wouldn't take any new action. Instead, I get addicted to reading those books. And then I got addicted to taking those courses. And then I got addicted to wanting to show up from that energy of like, I need to show up and watch this person. I need to see what their, their truth is. And as a result, I kind of lost myself in the process of not applying anything. And that's unfortunately what external tools can kind of do for us, is it kind of just gets us addicted to Almost the, this is gonna, like, trigger some people, but it's almost like we're addicted to the materialism aspect of spirituality. When we're not doing anything internally, we're just addicted to the books and the crystals and the oils and the pretty things and we gotta get the the Buddha statues and all of the fancy candles and, oh my god! And then I realized that that's fun. (laughs) It's fun! But does it work? I don't know. I've seen results with crystals. I've seen results with yoga. Where was the real work? The internal state. Working on the inner world, working on my mindset, my emotions, my habits, combining all of them together. That's what really worked. What is tip number two? Tip number two is only focusing on fixing the problem and not repatterning the wound. This one is so, so common. And it's really, really about when you see it from the lens of coming at it from your attaching to an outcome. A lot of people, when they start on the spiritual growth journey, they can enter what I call absorption without application. And as a result from this, what occurs is we have a spiritual addiction to fixing a problem. So it's very unconscious to suddenly associate and feel that we aren't good enough, we aren't worthy, we aren't deserving of healing. I've actually, I've actually had conversations where I've had to coach someone out of how they were deflecting their own healing. This is actually a thing that can happen where you are so either consumed by the trauma or the pattern or the emotional response that you can't you aren't allowing yourself to heal because it feels more safe to just stay in the wound. And what occurs from this is is a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll self-sabotage. And they're only fixated on fixing that problem so much so that they can't see the solution in front of their face. And I've mentioned this many times, but when you think about how when you are trying to fix something, and so for example, maybe it's just like something around the house, like so I'm a mom, so it's like, it's like you're trying to fix something. you know. Maybe there's an issue with like the dishwasher, for example, and you're trying to fix it and you're troubleshooting and you're looking on Google and you're like, how do I do this? I don't know how to do this. And as a result from that, you're in the troubleshooting mode, right? You're trying to troubleshoot the problem. We do this with our healing. So how often are you trying to Google your problem and you're not getting the answer because you're obsessively fixating on fixing the problem. This single-minded focus of problem-solving and being in a problem-solving energy is highly, highly different than the energy of being in the solution. And I want you to think about it from this lens of, this is like one thing that I like to apply a lot, is you want to focus from the end result not the in-between result. And this is something that's a little bit tricky. It's a little bit tricky to navigate. When you think about this, this is like the easiest way to explain it is it's like a person who wants to lose weight. They don't want to be focused on, I have to lose weight so I can not be fat or I have to lose weight so I can drop all these calories or I have to lose weight because of X, Y, and Z. And, you know, or they're saying to themselves as their affirmations, I'm grateful to lose weight. I'm grateful to release X amount of pounds. I'm grateful to do this. That's not what you want to be focused on. You want to be focused on the end result. You want to be focused on, I am so healthy and energized in my body. I feel amazing that I can just feel motivated to take the actions I need to take. I show up for my exercise routine all the time. I love feeling so beautiful inside and out with, regardless of how, what my size is. That's a different energy. Do you see how that's a different energy? So because of that, we don't want to be fixated on the problem. You want to come at it from a lens of I can choose to heal in my wholeness. I can choose to show up from an energy of wholeness in my healing journey that statement alone can revolutionize your entire life because it shows you that you are capable of healing. Okay, number three. Obsessed of shadow and releasing work and not emotional empowerment. This connects to what I just said. Most people are focused on in between. We need to focus on end result. Because when we're only obsessing about the shadow work, we can fall down this rabbit hole trap of searching for the limited beliefs, dissecting our wounds, like picking. <laughs> I always say that it's like the romanticizing the shadow. This concept of where we're so fixated on personal growth. That we're literally stabbing ourselves in the foot because we're obsessing about the problem to the point where we aren't healing. Because that releasing work is step one of the process. We have to realize that obsessing about shadow work is literally one part of the entire process of actual healing. Healing is in identity shift. Healing is a perspective shift. Healing is an emotional empowerment mechanism where you are making peace with your past to the point where you are not obsessing about that shadow anymore. You are moving on and overriding the shadow. And wow, I know we might get some, oh my God, that's spiritual bypassing. But is it? Is it really? Because if you think about how when you are obsessed with shadow work, that is just as bad as spiritual bypassing because you are still repressing your own actual healing journey. And as a result from that, you're not allowing yourself to accept and allow in more emotional fulfillment in your body. And because of that, you're not allowing yourself to be in the space where you are allowing that healing to take place. Instead, you're obsessing about the past. I think we can just leave it at that. So number four, they are attacking change from the environmental level instead of the identity level. When I started to understand that Healing is literally a perspective shift in your mind. You can start to take back the scenario of where I was talking about I was the shy girl and then all of a sudden I wasn't the shy girl and all of a sudden I'm doing YouTube videos. I'll tell you what, if someone were to tell me in high school that I would be doing YouTube videos and I would be getting on lives on Facebook and I would be doing live streams and all this stuff, I never would have believed you because it was miles and miles away for me to even think that I could do that. I had like panic attacks when it was my time to speak during during a class presentation. I remember once I had like this presentation on monks and I literally said a sentence and then I took the F because I didn't want to talk. This is how this stuff can affect you. And it's like we don't necessarily see it this way because we're not looking at it from the identity level. We're only trying to pinpoint it from one thing or the next and that really discredits our own personal evolution of self because we're only thinking about it from the emotional level or we're only thinking about attacking change from the environment or we're only thinking about creating those external tools or we think that we need to obsess about that spiritual materialism in order to feel enough. It becomes this this game with yourself, if you think about it, where you're just kind of like, well, if I just get the crystals, and if I just do the yoga, and if I do all this stuff that's so stereotypical, then obviously I'll heal, and I'll be a spiritual person, and I'll be enough. And it's not about that at all. It's all about coming home to your authentic self, which is in your identity. And so one of the core processes that I teach inside the Ultimate Chakra Academy is is we're reconnecting you back to your authentic self. We're reconnecting you back to higher self, highest self, however you personally identify it. So here's the thing, though. As a result, it really comes back to when you only are creating change from the environmental level, you're not actually doing any repatterning work. And this is one of my absolute specialties, is I talk a lot about how we can really kind of create the mind-body connection in a way where we're working on repatterning the wound. And instead, it's not even so much about healing anymore as it's about identity shifts and really recoding and rewiring the nervous system and creating more emotional healing and emotional fulfillment in the body. As we're taking that shadow, we're taking those external wounds. And as a result, we're kind of going back to the place where we're not dissecting the past, we're revolutionizing the past. And it's like, we're alchemizing the past. We're not going to the place in our mind where we have to look at every memory and every scenario and every reason why I was a shy kid. No, we don't have to do that. We just go into the place in our mind where it's like, actually, I can decide to start speaking up more. I can decide to start doing it differently. I can decide to do like a complete, 360 shift on how I'm showing up in my mind and my emotions. And as a result, what happens here is we're not taking that change from the environment. We're not trying to like control our environment to create change anymore. Instead, we're learning that it's an internal process and that internal process produces the external, the environmental shifts that we need, that we're desiring, that we want to create. Oh gee, what what what's that? What does that sound like? Oh, that's manifestation. Because when you think about it in terms of looking at those energy patterns in the chakras when you start to look at the identity shifts necessary, naturally there will be a byproduct of that a manifestation where you are opening up your receiving capacity in that chakra, in that energy center, in that particular wound, in that emotional healing. So, for example, it's just like, you know, when I had a lot of body shame and a lot of self-hatred, when I started to do that work, it wasn't a coincidence, what was at the time, but it wasn't a coincidence to me looking back that, oh, magically, the person that I wanted to be with randomly showed up again from over a a hundred what was it he came from arizona so indiana that'd be that was over like a thousand miles just out of nowhere came back into my life but little did he know i'm doing my own internal process my own internal work on my heart chakra and i'm working on self-love and self-care and healing myself and forgiving myself for being like so mean to myself and all these things started happening because of that internal shift. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't like, I need to go search for love in my life. It was actually at a point where I fucking was like done with relationships. And at that point, I was just like, time to work on myself. And I remember this distinct turning point because it's so much different because a lot of society will teach us When we want change, what are we supposed to do? Take new action, hustle, hustle, strive, strive, push, push, chase, chase, then you get success. But what if success is actually an internal game? It's a game of reorienting those self-identifiers and to look at how you are shaping your identity. So one thing I did mention in that email that I just said is I talked a lot about are you self-identifying with your bad habit? And okay, I don't want to be like you have a bad habit. But let's not take it from that lens. Okay, so are you self-identifying with something that's kind of like a negative quirk or like for example, I mentioned procrastinating because I I've always identified as a procrastinator. And One thing that's been kind of really cool is I've been starting to heal that. And a lot of it has stemmed from I noticed that I was self-identifying with it in my identity. And I think this is so powerful because you can start to see that there might be something you're doing internally that you're identifying with as your identity. And you're letting that drive your life which might be inauthentic and misaligned with who you are internally. So when we only attack change from the environmental level, we can't even begin to access that, can we? Because we're not tapping into the identity. We're not tapping into the ego. Essentially, what we're talking about is the ego. Identity is our mind, body, spirit, our emotions, our habits. It's the whole fucking nine yards. And as a result, you start to create that change which creates the environmental shift. So I invite you to ask yourself, you know, do you have something where you are self-identifying with a bad habit or a, a mental quirk or something that you're kind of just like beating yourself up about? You know, it's like for years, I always used to beat myself up about being a procrastinator. And like, of course, you know, my parents always reinforced that. It was like, well, you're always late to work and you're always Last to do this, and you always wait till last minute on your projects, and it's like, yeah, that's true. (laughs) You know me. So one thing that was really powerful for me was to stop doing that and to stop and to realize that the self-identifier was just a story I was telling myself, just like the shy girl. And It's like you can identify with a story and then you can disidentify with it. So it's like you're almost separating yourself from the story. Do you know what I mean? So it's like we think that I'm a procrastinator, but that's what I'm affirming to myself over and over again. And then I reinforce that. And I'm telling my nervous system all the time to look for the evidence of, shit, I'm a procrastinator. I always am doing things last minute. Why do I keep always doing things last minute? So what did I do? I started to look at my language. What am I saying to myself about myself? I started to look at what am I affirming to myself about myself? I am always late. I am always last minute. I always wrap the Christmas presents on freaking Christmas Eve at 11 o'clock at night and I am exhausted. I'm sure we can, some of us can relate to that one. And so, as a result, my language and my habits and my emotions, and even the way I was beating myself up about procrastination fueled the story. So, I started to change the story. I started to really look at well, is that actually true? Is it really true that I'm always late to things? I'm like, no, because when I have like a live stream, I am 10 minutes early, ready to hit publish. When I need to be there for my kids, I am always there. On time, phones off. I'm there. It's funny because I realize in that moment it's actually it's more like a priority. It's more like a value I have. So I procrastinate often when I'm not as passionate about something. And I don't procrastinate when it means a lot and it's a higher priority. So it's not always a a case that I'm in a procrastinating story. It's a matter of what do I value? What do I prioritize? Because what I don't prioritize is probably what I will procrastinate on. That's different. That's a different perspective of looking at my bad habit. So I invite you to do this with your own bad habit or your own mental quirk that you're saying to yourself. How are you self-identifying with something that might not even be true or only is half truth? Maybe it's because you're not personally prioritizing something. Maybe it's only when you value something. Another one is I am a uh, workaholic. I'm a workaholic. That one's so much to unpack. You know, why are you a workaholic? Why do you obsess about work? Why do you do all this? Maybe you're passionate about it. That's cool. But what are the other identifiers? Are you trying to prove something? Are you trying to do what? Like starting to dig into, well, why? But why? Why are you identifying that as something that is literally a part of your identity? So it's like one thing I've really done over the years is I stopped really identifying with a certain like title and a certain way of looking at things because it it allows you to have more of an open mind and that open mind has the beginner's mind, right? And so you're able to take in new perceptions and new new ways of looking at the world differently. And I think when we do that and we allow ourselves to be more open-minded, we can allow ourselves more freedom to have that perspective shift, to look at things from different points of views. And I think it's so powerful when we allow ourselves to do that because we can get out of that mentality of using something as a self identifier such as i am a workaholic i am a people pleaser i i am always last i'm a procrastinator or i have adhd so this means this about myself or whatever the story is i don't need to go too far into this i think you get it but that self identifier can help really pinpoint either how you're being hard on yourself how you're not like accepting yourself Or also, it can pinpoint how you can create more of an alignment in your life if you realize that you're not actually that self-identifier. You just think you are. And because of that, it can help show you so much more about that pattern that's looping in your nervous system. And you're reinforcing it as a belief. And you're reinforcing it as a habit. And then that habit creates the identity. So... This is what I really want to drive in with step number four is one thing I take you through a lot in the Ultimate Chakra Academy is we go into the identity work so you are not just healing something, but you're working on the emotional empowerment steps so that you can start to sustain that pattern so it properly heals. And I think this is like what's been one of the hugest drivers behind doing the chakra work as I do it, because I don't just take you through the the external tools and, you know, looking at crystals and telling you to eat colorful foods. That stuff is fun. Sure. Do it if it feels good for you. But at the end of the day, if you're not working on those habits, if you're not working on the mindset, if you're not working on the emotions, of course, you're not going to see results. And that's really what it comes back to. So I invite you to dig into that and let me know how it goes. And then finally, I have a really fun one for tip number five, which is they are really not getting how the law of vacuum works in relationship to their releasing rituals. So what do I mean by that? Okay, let's stop here. I have a hair thing. Okay. What do I mean by that? Okay. So they're really not getting how the law of vacuum works in relationship to their releasing rituals. So this is so common and I'm not going to knock any tools, but what I just want to say here is you're, if you're only focused on releasing work without the calling in work, without the reprogramming, without the repatterning, what happens here is we have to go back to the basics of, Universal laws, okay? So there's universal laws that are always at work. This is just like the law of attraction, law of polarity, law of correspondence. All of these are beautiful laws to learn. I'm not going to dive into them right now, but if you haven't heard of them, I highly recommend doing some Googling, some Pinteresting, definitely check them out. But what I really want to say here is there's something called the law of vacuum. And the law of vacuum is a huge influencer on manifestation. The more I understood the law of vacuum, the easier it became for me to understand manifestation. And I'll tell you exactly why. The law of vacuum states nature abhors a vacuum. So what is empty must be replenished or refilled due to natural law. Because of this, the law of vacuum states that nothing can remain as empty space. It must always be replenished and refilled by law. So what do you think you're doing when you do these releasing rituals but you're not doing anything else? So I'm going to tell you a story here of I've done many releasing rituals where I did not do the repatterning work and as a result I felt very destabilized. I felt like everything hit the fan. I felt like there was like emotional upheaval. It just felt like things were exploding in my face. It felt like so much like and as a result, it was because I didn't stabilize the new cycle. This took me at least four or five years to learn that when you're doing energy work, if you are doing releasing work, If you're doing that EFT tapping, if you're doing that limited belief work, if you're doing energy clearing work, if you're doing Reiki, if you're doing all of these releasing things, you better sure as shit be starting to think about how you're repatterning. Because if you aren't, you're going to have a situation where you now have the law of vacuum to deal with. The law of vacuum states, nothing stays in an empty space. There was always the law of vacuum occurring. What is empty will be replenished and refilled. If you don't change what it's filled with, you will get the same thing. This is why people don't heal. This is why people revert to a previous pattern. This is why people revert to a previous addiction. This is why people revert to a previous obsession, a toxic relationship. This is the work I'm so fucking passionate about because it goes beyond healing. It goes beyond just healing something. The work of the law of vacuum shows you how you can manifest easier because, in the state of repatterning, you are allowing yourself to sustain healing. Why is this so important? Because if you aren't working with the power of the deconditioning work and the repatterning work, the pattern, it will revert. It, it has to, by law. By law, it will revert. You'll have shit hits the fan. You'll have a giant thing in your f- emotional bullshit in your face. You'll probably have the same stupid pattern show up again. The same trigger show up again. The same habit will show up again. It won't sustain. It won't sustain because you didn't heal it. That's why the energy work didn't work. That's why the releasing ritual didn't work. That's why the abundance clearing ritual didn't work. That's, I could be here freaking forever telling you that is why it doesn't work. You didn't sustain the pattern. You're not filling it. Because of this, it lives in the identity shifts. So in the Ultimate Chakra Academy, this is my genius. This is my specialty zone I know what the hell I'm doing. I'm saying this boldly honestly in your face because it's time to really own this and to really reiterate that the work is in the repatterning. The work is really looking at those identity shifts. It's looking at how can you instigate the mind-body connection to create real sustainable results? in success in your nervous system mentally emotionally and physically and the chakras help illustrate this beautifully because it gives you a beautiful mind body map to pinpoint what's not working where do you need work where what what area of your life is you know either suffering or imbalanced or misaligned or maybe it's not even so much suffering as just it's just a little bit off track it's just a little bit imbalanced here's the thing like when it comes to really diving into healing, it's not just about healing. It's about you have to realize there's a person inside of you who's on the other side of healing. That person has manifested differently. That person has a different relationship. That person has different values. That person has different habits. That person has different emotions. That person has, it might even be a different hairstyle. I don't know. It, it, it it's so much deeper than just a conversation of freaking go get some crystals and meditate and hope for the best while you get a clearing ritual done. And here's this the real hard truth is you gotta do that internal work. You have to be willing to put in the work. The work is internal states of consciousness, working with. The mindset, the emotional healing, the habits to sustain that healing, looking at what needs to be healed, looking at where there needs to be realignment, looking at the internal processes. That is what creates real results with energy work. It is not a one and done microwave oven kind of situation. And I think that's where so many people want it to be. They want it to be the fancy quantum leap. And unfortunately, it's not. You can experience a quantum leap with energy work. I've even experienced it myself. But it begins with really bringing in that awareness, the awareness of the patterns, the awareness of the emotions you need, all of it. So the Ultimate Chakra Academy will be launching and opening its doors next week. So right now, you can personally dive into a free training that I created personally for you that talks a little bit more about the framework that I take you through within the Chakra Academy. You can dive headfirst into your own mind-body detox with this particular framework where I teach you how to start diving into that internal work when it comes to the chakras, energy healing, energy work, and really go more in depth on how you can start to look at, well, which chakra might mean rebalancing? Which chakra do I need the most focus on? Which chakra is being more influenced than the others? Because here's the thing, we think that it's like, oh my God, I have to work on all my chakras. Oh my God, I have to do all this limited belief work. Oh my God, I have to do all of this study that's not it at all. Most of the time, you're living in one story. Most of the time, it comes back to one particular thing. For a while, it was my heart chakra. For next while, it was solar plexus. Another turn, it was my throat chakra. This is not really like we're fixed for life. It's more like maintenance. I call this energetic maintenance. And so one thing I do have is I do have a chakra quiz where you can immediately get started on this as you do the free training. And it can start to show you more about, this is the chakra that you're actually focused on. And so it's like, it can go, it goes into 26 in-depth questions. It takes a little bit of time, but the time is worth it because it allows you to see exactly which energetic center that you need help, either help with, or you just need help rebalancing, or you need help with emotional healing or mindset work. And it allows you to kind of just pinpoint which one you need. So I'll leave that in the comments for you down below. And what I'll do here is, what I want to say is, The chakra quiz in general, I really created it to hone in on which chakra you are unconsciously focused on the most. And so each of these questions are literally designed to unconsciously unlock which chakra you're focusing on. And it's from this process that we look a little bit behind the scenes on which chakra is being influenced the most. So that quiz is for free and it's located on our website. And I believe you can go to the AwakendState.net slash chakra quiz, or it might be chakra hyphen quiz. It's one of those. And it's also on the sidebar, so you can also dive in there. And I'll leave the link down below for you, too. So there's all sorts of ways to access the quiz. And it shows you a really beautiful process into how you can start to get started immediately. And the next step I have for you is to really look at that training and to start looking at the framework because it's very different than what you see in textbooks, what you see in new age section, what you see at Barnes and Noble in the new age section. Like this process is so unique and I don't want to brag, but I do want to say here that it's very unique. You won't see this process anywhere else, probably on the internet because I made this unless someone's copying me. (laughs) So I made this process. I literally made this through over 10 to 11 years of chakra healing work, mind-body healing work, mindset tools, subconscious reprogramming, chakra habits. All of this is uniquely made that it's so unique that I have yet to see anyone do it the way that I teach it, where we are combining the mind-body process, the limited belief work, the emotional healing component the amplifiers such as those energy tools I mentioned, and we're also taking it into a place of repatterning. So I distinctively remember I had this download when I was studying limited belief work. I'm like, oh, I need to combine this with the chakras. It would make an amazing program, an amazing framework for someone to heal. And that's exactly what I did. And I called it the Ultimate Chakra Academy. So if you are deeply interested, it will be opening its doors. You can get on the VIP early bird list uh, with the free training I just mentioned. And I'll leave all those links down below for you. If you like this video in this new form of doing video, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe for more weekly drops every Friday. And I'll see you guys next time. Hey guys, Ashley here. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Awaken and Manifest Your Best Life podcast. This is going to be the space for manifesting tips, energy tips, spiritual awakening advice, and all things receiving that kick-your-ass soul injection back to your personal alignment. I do have a free gift for you if you're ready to be a VIP and receive exclusive access to our Awakened Library, packed full of guidebooks, audios, meditations, workbooks, quizzes, and tons of goodies for yours truly. You can get that all at library.com theawakenedstate.net head to TheAwakenedState.net. so enjoy that and remember you always are more than enough because the universe is inside of you and you hold the power to design your life